Oh, uh, welcome to the Good Robot Andes, Season 11, Episode 4. Hello. My name is Andy Cockerill, and this is... Andy Balaam. Andy Balaam. And tonight, Andy Balaam, we're going to talk about what? Tonight, Andy Cockerill, we're going to talk about Video Game High School, commonly abbreviated VGHS. Video Game High School? Yes. Okay. I'm not familiar with this, so I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark about what it might be about. Okay. Uh, I think <laughs> that it's some high school age kids playing uh-huh. video games. I mean, and I, I don't think it's a rollicking Disney adventure. I think that it's um, akin to uh, sort of eighties extreme exploitation films, like Class of what, what Class of nineteen eighty nine or whatever it was called. Maybe going further back, there was a movie called The Blackboard Jungle that was quite exploitative. Um, that's my take. It's going to be okay. an, uh, a teen exploitation Tell me more about movie. these exploitation Is it a TV series things. or a movie? Well, it, neither, kind of. But tell me ah, more about these okay. exploitation things, because I, I need to know whether you're right or not. Oh, okay. So exploitation movies and, and yeah, I'd say movies, are all about sort of pushing the envelope of violence and sex, basically. Right, that's what you think this is. But being subversive at the same time. Okay, okay, yeah, it's not that. Uh, It's not that, okay, go on then. So it it is, it's very much like a TV series, but it was released on YouTube. Ah. So it's a a purely internet series. um, Yep. And it was made by... Uh, the people behind the channel called Rocket Jump. Let me double check. I've heard of that. Uh, yeah, Rocket Jump Studios. Yeah. So um, Rocket Jump made kind of silly, funny videos, kind of maybe five five minutes long, ten minutes long, um, of just stuff about computer games that were fun. Often it was like fantasy things where, imagine if this computer game was was live action, and then they would like, you know, do do the live action version of that game yeah okay um but video game high school was funded on kickstarter and it is the reason it's the reason you're wrong about the exploitation thing is because it's incredibly uh clean cut and uh, innocent it feels very innocent it's wholesome yes that's a very good word for it it's very wholesome um and so what it is is it's a it's, it it plays like a TV series. It has episodes. The episodes in the first series are quite short though; they're maybe ten minutes long, and there are only um, nine episodes in the first season. But then later seasons they get longer as they kind of, I guess, got more money or I don't know or just felt like, like it becomes more and more like a TV series. I guess over time. Yeah, it sounds like they maybe got some more budget. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, their first Kickstarter was massively oversubscribed. Um, really? By like okay. five times or something. Because so. they're an established thing. Yes. They managed to get a lot of people to put some money. Yeah, they had an it, audience yeah. and then they made a thing that the audience liked the sound of. I guess that's what happened. Mm. Yeah. So what it is, is it's a TV series uh, structured in a way that would, would be very familiar with um, from watching TV series, where there's a very ordinary person called brian d who um happens to uh love playing video games and has a kind of he's a sort of dorky 
a classic protagonist. He, he he's not not very cool. Um, no one likes him at school, um, but he's got this kind of secret talent, right? You know, like, like he, he's really good at video games. So he's he's um, in the first episode. He's playing. He's had to rush home. Like he's just got bullied by some bullies. He's he's had to rush home because he had to feed the cat or something. Um, he had to go get get some cat food. Um, his mum is very absent. I, you don't see his dad. His mum is is just she's just addicted to some video game. So she's just sitting watching a screen the whole time. So he's got this kind of difficult. Home That's life. an interesting yeah um, idea though. It is yeah. So he gets home. Uh, and he's late, and his team are all waiting for him, and, and they're waiting for him because he's so good at this game. It's a first-person shooter, mm. so like a game where you go around shooting people. And um, and and he, he arrives late, and they're all they're they're waiting for him, and he comes in, and he starts playing the game. And by the way, I've decided that I'm going to spoil season one, and I'm going to leave you listener leave you the other seasons with only a few hints. Right? So that's, okay, that's cool. All be. right. Yeah. Um, uh, and as soon as he starts playing the game, we go into a, a classic rocket jump style um, live action form of the video game. So when he's as soon as he's playing the game, we see it as if he's actually there, like in army fatigues with a gun shooting. And it works really well. They're, they're like really good at making like live action video game sequences. Right. So it's really, which is hard to do, I think. Yeah, it, it's really cool. It's really fun. When people get shot, they kind of go red and disappear you know there's not like okay so it's not like the not like the shootouts in the in the tv show spaced where they do like (laughs) slow-mo shooting each other with imaginary weapons no no they so they they've got what look like real weapons but when they shoot each other they kind of get zapped rather than you know got it um, yeah okay human injuries um and those are that's just the rules of this game there are various other live action versions of video games in this series Anyway, um, so far I haven't got to the human story. So apart from the fact that Brian has this difficult home life um, and is kind of the dorky hero, um, he they, they start playing. He's obviously really good. And then uh, his mum shouts that he's got to go and feed the cat. So he stops. And, in, and you see him in the game like go, like go motionless, like a character yeah. who's AFK, they say, away from keyboard um, yeah. in the game. So he's just standing there dumb uh he's got feeding the cat and the cat scratching him and blah 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 uh, it's all hilarious and uh meanwhile then we cut to um like a uh a tv show which is obviously incredibly popular and mm. it's it's basically it's set in this kind of fantasy world where video games are like the number one sport in the world so like you can imagine this is like the most popular show on tv you've got these people interviewing this super talented first person shooter guy called the law and the law right from the beginning like everyone loves him and thinks he's wonderful but we know he's like really hilariously uncool right so yeah it's really yeah. it's really funny he's like everyone thinks he's amazing but we can see how he the way he plays it brian forenzi uh uh he's just really funny anyway excellent so um he's kind of showing off um and being all proud of how great he is and and then they a part of the, like a segment they do on this show is that they'll they'll drop this top gamer into just some random game on the internet and then he'll just like destroy some noobs so they drop him into brian's game and so brian's still afk just standing there motionless 
and uh, the law appears and he's like picking people off um, really easily. Brian reappears having fed the cat just as the law has set him up with a grenade on his head and he's about oh. to, the law's about to like do a trick shot to shoot him and, and kill him because he thinks it's hilarious that this kid is AFK. Um, Brian gets back to the keyboard and mouse at just the right moment, does this incredible move, like it just as a kind of um, instinctive reaction. He does this incredible move where he like hits the, the grenade at the law and kills him. And, and um, it's this big scandal, you know, that the law got killed by a noob, right? So this is the kind of introduction to the uh, protagonist antagonist relationship in this. Series. Can you explain what a noob is? <laughs> a noob might not know. A noob is like someone who's no good at the game, right? Okay, right. It stands for like newbie. Yep. As in new to the game. Anyway, yeah. um, so, uh, and Brian didn't really mean to do this or anything. He wasn't showing off. It was just a complete instinctive thing. But it, it kind of demonstrates he's actually really good at the game. So, um, in a kind of. Like, it's an ultimate fa uh, wish fulfillment fantasy situation for a certain type of person because video games are suddenly super cool. And also, you're, you're identifying with Brian D, who is, uh, like, really good at video games. So the next thing that happens mm. is a letter from Video Game High School arrives inviting him to, to come to the school because they've seen this thing uh, happen. Okay, so that's where the connection to this place called Video Game High School. Yeah. Comes so, in. Is that in the first episode? Yeah, this is all the first episode. That. Yeah. Okay. Right. So he, um, it, he, he. So now he can go to video game high school, and it's a, it's a classic wish fulfillment thing. Like, that's not how school entry systems work, right? But <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, so he goes to the school. He meets um, uh, the dean, who's called Calhoun. Is just utterly cool. Uh, it's hard to describe, but he's very, very funny. Um, and he also meets the main love interest in the series who's called Jenny Matrix who is ah. um, she is very good at the first person shooter game um, and she it turns out we find out later in the series is dating the law but we don't know that at first so ah, quite a lot okay. of what happens at the beginning of the series is that Brian looks stupid in front of Jenny quite often but then then she sort of seems to like him and then you find out she's dating the law mm. uh, and then eventually, by the end, they've got together, right? And it's this, but you know, the whole, the, there's a lot of the structure of the story is, um, this, this charming, um, innocent, wholesome romance between these two characters who are both very nice people. And the other part of the structure of the show, because really I would say this is basically the reason I like it so much is because it's kind of like a modern Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. Um, which is yeah. bas by which I mean, there's this group of friends who are all lovely, and they have adventures. Yeah, Buffy is surprisingly wholesome, isn't it? Yeah, it is pretty wholesome. <clears throat> yeah, especially at the beginning. Um, and so the other, the two friends who are also lovely are Ted and Key. So Ted is is hmm. Brian's roommate, and he's um, he's also fairly dorky. Oh, hang on. So they're at high school, but they're. Yeah, lodging with each other. It's it's a university, I think. I don't understand so how college, American schools I work. Guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, high school. I don't think you normally do. Oh, I guess know. maybe it's a boarding school, right? Because it's like a specialist. Oh, school for yes. people who are good at video games. It's like a Hogwarts for video games yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. in America. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yes. yeah, Ted is Ted is Brian's roommate, 
um, and Key uh, is their friend who eventually uh, dates Ted. But she's uh, Key is this uh, super bright uh, programmer, games developer, mm-hmm. who's come to the school to learn about um, how people play games in order to be a better games developer. Um, yeah. But Ted and Key are also both just lovely people you know so you've got these four friends who make up the core of the series who are just lovely people you've got the law who is as i said the kind of main antagonist who's just hilarious in every every moment he steals the scene in in every scene um is he like a jock is he portrayed like a yeah. kind of jock video He's supposed game to be player. a jock yeah. except jocks yeah. are actually cool and the law is like super uncool which again is like okay. a, which is like <laughs> a, another funny. wish fulfillment thing right like yeah um the actually cool people are our main characters, but but everyone thinks the law is cool. Right, but there's a few other actually. subplots. There's another there's another character who's called Games Dean, who is everyone. Everything he does is incredibly cool. Um, and I get it. Brian is yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brian is like trying to be like him, but um, not succeeding. And yeah, so the 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 plot of the story goes as you might imagine. Um, uh, Brian tries to uh, fit in at this school and do well and then he does he, he like makes a terrible mistake that means everyone thinks he's awful and then he redeems himself at the end and manages to not get kicked out of the school and get uh, get Jenny and be uh, uh, you know be the kind of successful wish fulfillment hero and uh, all the while everyone is like lovely and the the friendship the reason why I say it's like Buffy is because the friendship is the is the key thing, right? You know, they yeah, it's they all. Is it very character driven? Yes, very would character you say? driven. Yeah. So everyone has okay. another plot. So so like Ted has this plot. Ted is the son of um, Freddie Wong, who is the main guy from Rocket Jump. So he's playing okay. himself, like a very fictionalized version of himself. Hmm. Um, but he is an awful person who is like the top rhythm gamer. So he plays games like Guitar Hero style games. Okay, yes, yeah. Um, and uh, Ted is trying to be like him and impress him. So he's, he tries to do rhythm games, but he's no good at them. Um, right. And his father is just awful to him. Just, uh, is just really mean to him all the time. And, talk, and is just obsessed with how great he, the father, is. Um, so Ted's dealing with that. And meanwhile, Ted actually has this incredible talent for racing games. Uh, and he gets in. He gets into almost a, um, a zen state when he's playing racing games. So there's a few. Scenes. Mm. So that's an excuse for some live action driving game stuff, which, which they shot okay. with with like real cars and cars and stuff like that, which is all it's, really. I mean, fun. They, they seem to have quite the budget on this show. Yeah, they, on this I think web show, they were going for. I think what they said was Kickstarter was going for seventy seventy five thousand dollars. I think to make it. And they ended up with like three hundred thousand or something. Okay, so they had a substantial amount of money. Yeah, certainly. I mean, three hundred thousand isn't that much. Yeah, so Rocket Jump were known for their kind of three D, um, like computer generated animations for all of this stuff. Yeah. So the, you know, all of the effects and stuff is all CGI. So uh, they've got people. They've already got people in the studio who yeah. are really good at this stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah. and they know yeah. how to do it on a budget as well, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they but the 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 live action stuff is in real locations with real cars with real buildings. You know, the the CGI is only used for like explosions and stuff like that. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. There's also some live action uh, fighting game stuff. So Key ends up in the fighting game 
uh, track because the, the school has different like tracks, you know. So Brian's in the Brian and Jenny are in the first person shooter track, and yeah, Ted's in the rhythm gaming track, and Key's in the uh, fighting game track. Um, what else to say? So yeah, everyone has a has a storyline. So Key has this story with her. Her interestingly, Key has a story with her parents where they it looks like they're a bit mean and and harsh on her. Um, mm. They, but it turns out her family are absolutely lovely and beautiful. And you find out a bit more about them in series three, which I won't, I won't let you in on. But there's a, a wonderful scene where. How many uh, series are there, by the way? Three, three series. Three. Okay. Right. There's, there's a wonderful, a couple of episodes where Key's parents look after the whole group of the four of them when, when some very, very difficult stuff happens. And it's just like, I can feel a tear coming to my eye. Really? It's lovely. Powerful stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. <lovely. laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so Key's family uh, have rules for everything. They have everything is written down and uh, they have a system for everything. So they like she can like raise a, an objection to something that's happening and then they have a family right. meeting and talk it through. You know, so they, they're that kind of person and that's all handled nicely. Mm. Um, anyway, so as you can see, each of the characters I'm talking about very fondly and also the, they have like a, a backstory. And as you say, it's very character driven. Yeah. Uh, there's also um in their spare time for fun they play a game which I guess is a bit like Zelda or something. So um right. Some of the emotional um core of the relationship between Brian and Ted is is played out the, the big arguments they have uh, they're played out on a on a mountain with big swords where they're fighting an ogre, you know, because oh, that's the, That's cool. That's the game that yeah. they're playing. So kind of Yeah. Uh, it's nice, it's nice. And the action sequences are great. Um, uh, but yeah, the core of it, the, why why it's so beautiful is the relationships, and the, you know, the relationships go through ups and downs. Um, they hurt each other's feelings and, and so on and so on, and then they work it through. Um, mm. And it's just, you know, you can trust them that it's going to turn out well in the end. It's not going to be awful. Uh, so it's very comforting and safe. Um and lovely and it's family presumably family friendly yeah pretty family friendly certainly in season one and uh yeah so i think oh yeah and there's one there's also a very interesting episode which i should mention which is oh no i should before i mention that i should mention something else which is there's a bit in quite early in season one where brian really messes everything up mm-hmm. uh and the um all the cast immediately pick up the phrase um, to Brian D something being to just completely ruin it and oh it. boy okay so yeah. even even when he's talking to the dean of the school, um, the dean of the school says um, I can't believe you Brian D the reputation of my school or something like that like he's, oh, no. he's immediately okay. adopted this thing so it's just I find that just utterly hilarious and and some and charming um, but yeah so there's an episode the the second last episode of season one is this weird fantasy. Uh, world where um, Brian has Brian has been kicked out of school and he's gone to run the arcade down the street he's now mm. the manager of the arcade down the street and it's, there's this joke like he's, it feels like he's been there for 30 years but actually it was all just like one week or something you know, but um, right yeah. um, and he's like it, it's done like a, a movie from maybe the 50s or, or something like that so okay. he's all suave and sophisticated and he's turned this uh, he knows all the names of all the customers in the arcade and like, you know, and, yeah. um, and he's like, you know, so he's like making a new life for himself in this, 
in this arcade and he's he's doing really well and stuff and then uh and he's he's um the relationships are all destroyed with with his friends and then by the end of that episode it's all sorted out but yeah that whole episode is is shot in like a sepia or like filtered into like sepia tones and things yeah okay so it's um it's supposed to look like a period exactly exactly and a it's period like a, piece yeah. yeah so it's like a super special episode and it, for for season one of a series, it's quite surprising to have an episode that's that kind of off the wall. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, at the core of this thing is this um, really nicely played relationship, like romantic relationship uh, between the two leading people, and this really nice friendship between Brian and Ted, and this also the romance between Ted and Key, and then this this whole the the four of them you know, like forming this bond and, and really caring for each other when each of them has, you know, a need for that loving relationship because of th- external c- circumstances that make things difficult. Yeah. So it's just lovely mm. and and fun. And the series, the 10-minute episodes, you know, they're really tight because because it's such a short format. The, the plot like really proceeds and the relationships, you know, all the ups and downs so is, come very quickly. So is each episode self-contained, has a beginning, a middle yeah. and an end? Yeah, okay. So each one is like a short film, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're certainly, they're driving the, the, the main plot of the series. But yeah, each one does feel pretty self-contained. Um, and there's, there's Jeopardy, you know, he's going to get and kicked when, out of the school. And When did this come out? When, when was um, it made? It came out in 2012, the first season. Okay, so it's it's been around for a while. Yes, and then the second season is twenty thirteen, and the third season is twenty fourteen, and that's it. They've not. So when did you when did you hear about? Oh, it? not uh, like well after it was initially out, maybe five or seven years ago, something. Like okay, that. and we yeah. since that watched it, rewatched it with uh, my kids who loved it as well, and we mm. although I haven't quite got into the habit of it, I do try and use the phrase "Why have you Brian deed it?" from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so I think that brings me to some of the potential criticisms. So as okay. you, as you can probably tell, it, this this has a really like I have a really soft spot for this thing. Like I really think it's mm. lovely, but I think its weaknesses are it was made by someone who's probably about my age mm-hmm. and possibly loved Buffy, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, and so I think it's very very comfortable for someone my age. And not very stretching. So the relationships are all heterosexual and um, the characters are not very challenging in terms of gender roles, in terms of um, okay. things like that. You know, it, yeah. It, yeah. They're just kind of stereotypes or archetypes that are just very familiar for someone my age and probably a bit jarring for someone younger. Mm. Mm. Um, so some of that comfort that I'm feeling when I watch it is certainly not going to be there for someone who feels they don't fit into those, uh, those roles, right? Potentially. So it plays it safe, I guess it's, yeah, um, I think it plays, I think it plays it safe for someone of my generation, which is, which is not very woke. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I think thinking back yeah. on it, you know, and th- and thinking back on the comfort that I felt from it, I like to I, to some extent I feel like I I wasn't challenged by it in a way when I probably should be a bit challenged. 
Um, I'm going to offer a counterpoint mm-hmm. to that, though. Mm-hmm. Although I haven't seen this mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. I think I can understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think that within the video gaming community at that time, right? It's as I said, it, it's it's playing it safe. It's in the middle of the road yeah. rather than in the gut, rather than near the near the gutters or uh-huh. near the edge of the road. It's yeah. in the middle of the road, and it's probably maybe it's a, maybe it's all about the people who own Rocket Jump or do stuff at Rocket Jump. That's their life experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite possibly, quite but, possibly. Um, but this so is they're I say, bringing like, that. To I, this it. is why yeah. I mentioned that, that, like Freddie Wong is probably about my age. You know. Right. So really old then. Really old. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually he may not. There's not a. There's not a burn actually because I'm much older than Andy B. But. Um, he may not be actually quite as old as me. Thinking about it, but anyway, right. it's pretty old. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so I do think like I don't think this is a fatal flaw, and I think that it would be perfectly possible to watch this. Uh, even if you didn't fit into those archetypes, and just appreciate the the love between the characters, um, yeah, yeah, between the friendship I'm talking about, the wholesomeness, and the wholesomeness sounds um, very interesting. Uh, because I'm just I'm just going to throw in a show like Sex Education, which mm-hmm. we both really enjoy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a show that's incredibly wholesome, despite yes. the fact that it deals in it's probably the direct opposite of video game high school in terms of being showing gender representation in all its forms yes it still manages to be incredibly wholesome yeah and it also has that show has a lot of sex in it a lot which is depicted unflinchingly i'd say um yeah in a very honest way but not in an exploitative way not at all exploitative but but explicit right so it yes i totally agree with your description of it being wholesome Mm. but uh, but it's not like it's not wholesome in the way that video game high school is, where there's you know it wouldn't go no, anywhere no, near okay, no. depicting anything I get that. like that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree, and I think that probably watching Sex Education recently and having to some extent it having a similar place in my heart, you know, of this beautiful love story and mm. very safe and, and very wholesome, but also I think it 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 made me notice how how not challenging. Video game high school was. I mean, also bear in mind, video okay. game high school is yeah. a bit old, right? Like it's 2012, so times were different yeah. back then. Times were different, and I think that the gaming industry. I'm not sure whether whether Rocket Jump or anything to do with the gaming industry, but the gaming industry has done a great deal to try and be more inclusive mm-hmm. um, and to reach out to um, to women um, players, female players, and also you know. Try not to be so toxic. Yes. Because yeah. there are, there are a lot, I think there are within the, particularly in the male players of games, there's some pretty unpleasant people. Yeah. So I think something that there. this, this series absolutely succeeds in doing is, mm. um, like being not toxic at all. Yeah. Okay. Right. But I, I it just struck me just thinking about Buffy because I was about to say, whereas Buffy is old enough that, I wouldn't blame it for not being very representative. Um, VGHS is new enough that perhaps it should be. But then I remembered that Buffy does represent some gay relationships and things like that. So it's it's already like probably a little bit more uh, representative than Buffy VGHS. was pretty pretty um, woke. 
revolutionary for its time. Yeah. I'm not going to say woke, no, because that word didn't exist then. No. But also, that word has been yeah. that word has been twisted from what it was originally yes. supposed to mean. Um, but yeah, B- Buffy was um, Buffy was great. Yeah. yeah, and of course, inclusive towards werewolves and yes. witches as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and a warning of the dangers of of magic, but yeah. The dangers of magic, yeah. Anyway, um, so those caveats aside, um, it's it's what it's remarkably good. So that so that's Mm. what really surprises me. Given that this is this was a a YouTube series, is the writing. So the actual like the things the characters say are just really funny and stuff like that. But more impressive to me is the way the plot moves on. Like it. There's not a wasted moment on the screen. It's always driving the plot and the characters. And, and Yeah. Um, so because they're these very tight 10-minute episodes, every moment is A, really entertaining, and B, really important to move that plot on. And um, So it's tightly written. Yeah. You yeah. said that the in the second series the episodes get longer? Yeah, they, they get longer in the second and third seasons. And does, does some of that tightness kind of leave it a bit? Or, yeah... I guess. Um, actually, looking at the timings there, in the first season, some of them are like 15, 20 minutes, but but the early ones are like 10. So, it's a, yeah, a bit longer okay. than I was saying. But, yeah, so um, season two, they're all 30 minutes, and season right. three, they're all 40 minutes. Right, so they get... And the last one is one hour, six minutes. Um, yeah, so I would say some some of that tightness is gone. Mm. Uh, it's not quite as tight, but I would say it... They're not bad. Season two and season three are not bad at all. And the the bit with Key's family caring for the four friends, which I'm pretty sure is in season three, after something yeah. really bad happens, um, is just amazing. So, like, gold. There's, there is great. gold in those later seasons. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, yeah it's good. I'm going to ask a question. Then. Okay. What's it all about? What's it for? <laughs> um, gosh, it's difficult when, when you get asked that question, isn't it? It is difficult, yes. So I think, and I never, I never a very good answer. But, uh, <laughs> I think what it's for immediately is wish fulfillment. It's essentially okay. what if there was a world where video gaming was the coolest thing, and you were really good at video games, mm. and it's like a fantasy world for those of us who are like into video games and wish that that made them cool and wish that they were good at them. <laughs> yeah, okay. So that was yeah. my first answer. And then I think the second answer would be, what does it do in the world? I think probably that thing about toxicity, right? So 2012 must be sometime near the whole Gamergate business. I'm not sure when that happened. Gamergate? What was that? Gamergate was a big scandal where basically some video games people were incredibly toxic towards women in various horrible ways. Oh, was, yeah, okay. There's actually a scandal about whether a female journalist had had um, behaved in a corrupt way, which was essentially, as far as I can tell, was just kind of made up by some horrible people. But um, I'm just going to have a look and see when when it was, though. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we could do that. Look things up on the uh, internet. 2014 and 2015. Right, right, right. So, yeah, okay. not far. Not far so off. So, actually, yeah. this was just, just before, or uh, yeah. the final series was around the same time. Anyway, there was the toxicity of gaming was already known, right? Without the, the Gamergate crisis necessarily 
yeah. emphasizing it. So I think something that this did in the world <clears throat> is to kind of fight that tide of toxicity in gaming. I think mm. I think the thing I thought it did when I first learned about it was I thought it signaled the beginning of the end of TV. Because if wow. something this okay. good could just be released on YouTube for free, maybe we weren't going to have TV channels anymore. But it turns out I've never seen anything else released on YouTube of any, anywhere near the quality of VGHS. Right. Um, so it didn't signal the end of TV. No. In fact, TV has gone from strength to strength. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I have one other thing I want to say about Video Game High School. For anyone listening to this who's got this far, um, but is thinking, this is for people who like video games. I've got okay. to tell you, it's not. It's a really charming, lovely series with a backdrop of video games, which obviously it's kind of fun if you like video games. But yeah. really, it's a, it's a story about young people uh, building a beautiful friendship and falling in love. Excellent. That's really good. <laughs> Surprisingly good. Yeah. No, it, sounds, it sounds really good. And is it still on YouTube? It is. You just search for Video Game High School and you can find it on YouTube. And I think it's also on the Rocket Jump website with like high definition or something if you care about stuff like that. I do, actually. Yeah, so I think right. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and watch that. Highly recommend. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, cool. I'll be interested to hear whether you like it. I've really gone over the top now, so... Well, I'm sure I will. It sounds... Excuse me. <laughs> It sounds right up my street. Yeah, no, it does. It, it does sound right up my street, yeah. It really does. Um, cool. Video game high school. Yeah, go watch um, it. Let us know. What else have you been watching? Well, have we talked about sex education on this program before? We've, we have not done the pro- the series proper, no. We, we have, have talked about it? the show. Right, I just yes, wanted to have, yeah. just say how good I thought it was. Yeah, it's brilliant. Okay. Uh, Although, oh, I tell you what, I would say that in the final series, um, the actors are all looking their age in quite a big way, <laughs> so they no longer look like high school children. No, I thought the last series was was not as good as the rest. It it was patchy, but when it was good, it was really really good. Yeah, but it wasn't really good enough. I think. You see what I mean? Yeah, I think um, the person who plays. What's her name? Who, who lives on the trailer park? Maeve. Maeve. She is just great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anything with her in, I, I could watch all day long. I think that's brilliant. Really enjoyed. Sorry, I'm not going to say I enjoyed it, but I thought the the episode of her mum's funeral. Yeah. Was amazing. Yeah. Really, yeah. really amazing. Anytime they give her some emotional stuff to do, I'm just like, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. here for this. It's great. Oh, I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. Gillian Anderson continues oh. to be a national treasure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's so good. Have she's we adopted so her? Is she, is she a British national treasure now? Just because she she's doing... always been British. She was born here. Right, right, right. And she does an amazing English accent. Yeah, fairly yeah. sure I've seen her do something where she did a Scottish accent. Is that right? Don't know. Oh, I don't know about that. No, don't know. Anyway, about yeah. that. Oh, no, I didn't realise in... she was a bit British. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, sex education. Oh, I've been watching more Shetland. I haven't seen any of that, actually. I, I think I mentioned before. Um, we've got onto the series that were not based on the books. Right, okay. Uh, which are much more, instead of being each uh, story is two episodes, uh, 
these are like there's a long storyline over the whole series overarching plot yeah, yeah okay. and that's fine they are increasingly ridiculous and the body count is insane so like i don't body know how many count, people live on shetland <laughs> but they must be all dead by now <laughs> yeah i think i think i said that last week it's like the the village of midsummer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Midsummer. but yeah, yeah we still we're still really enjoying shetland even though it has slightly jumped the shark in terms of like international crime gangs and whatever <laughs> all happening but the, yeah that stuff eventually that stuff has to be done because yeah they've run out of yeah, you've got to escalate to every time right? crimes. So, yeah. yeah every time yeah. yeah that's actually really good and the and the it's very character driven and and uh yeah so we still like that a lot good been watching quite a bit of would i lie to you Okay, yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that for a long time. Yeah, I really like that. It's pretty wholesome. Yeah, it is wholesome. Yeah, that's true. What about you? Um, well, what have I been watching? So I have been watching a show. I, I told you about Barry last time. Did the you? HBO show. Yeah, he's a, it's a show about a hitman. Right, right, right. Who? Right. Uh, so that carries on. It's. It's utterly ridiculous, but it's really, really well made. Right, it's right, right. HBO. Um, the violence is quite unflinching and unpleasant, mm-hmm. but managed to also be funny at the same time, which is, oh. except when it's not, right. kind of thing. On what service are you watching that? That is uh, on now. Okay, okay. Um, we have been watching The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. Okay. Which is an anthology series based on the works of Edgar Allan Poe. Right. That's pretty good. Fair enough. It's pretty good. Speaking of Usher. It's quite, it's quite gruey. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Usher, the other night yes. I stayed up from 11.30 until 4am to watch oh, wow. the Super Bowl. Oh, was Usher um, a half-time Usher show? Usher was on at half-time. That was not the reason I... Stayed up to watch. Right, okay. Usher's, yeah. Usher was fine, and at various times the camera moved to look at other people who were doing bits, and I think I was supposed to know who they were. But you didn't. But I did not. Okay. I didn't see it, so I can't comment. But, I, I, yeah, I really like American football. Possibly surprisingly, I don't know. Um, I don't um, I don't know a lot about it, actually, other than, right. I used other to watch, than they have a lot of head injuries. Right, well, they have a lot of knee injuries. Do they? Because it's very, they're very jumpy aroundy, and sometimes yeah. they collide with each other at great speed. In midair, mm. and uh, sometimes a knee gets bent the wrong way or but overstretched. And it, um, Ooh, no, that's not good. So the knee injuries are because they wear helmets. There's not that many head injuries compared with rugby, say. Right. Um, but there are knee injuries. Right. Um, but yeah, it's Knees a very, are very dynamic. badly put together things, though. Sorry. Knees are very badly put together things. Yeah. It's a very <laughs> dynamic sport. Yeah. Uh, and it has all this pre-planning. or Every single play is pre-planned. That's right. Um, and the team, one of the teams, the Chiefs, who, who were playing, uh, tend to break the plan and just do whatever. And that was really, that's really unusual at that level of the game. Mm. And uh, uh, it's very exciting to watch. But yeah, I like the I like the pre-plannedness of it. It's really cool. It works like clockwork. You know, everything just works. I like that about it. Yeah, I, I like to see that kind of thing as well, actually, rather than just chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <clears> I, I I really enjoyed it. It was a great game. Um, it was quite close, and it was back and forth right mm-hmm. up to the end. It went into extra time. And they, 
And they defended their title, is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. They yeah. They they won it for the second Retained time in a row. Yeah. They the only thing that was a bit sad so I was actually hoping I was supporting them. I don't really support a team. If I did it would be the uh Washington Oh, they've renamed themselves. Anyway, Washington. Um Yeah, not that word anymore, yeah. are they? No. Um but yeah, I decided I was going to support the Chiefs because it uh, seemed good. Which, by the way, yeah. like the Chiefs is a slightly offensive name, I think. But I think, I think what people yeah, theirs is also quite dodgy. I yeah. think what what people object to is not their name, but they have this like tomahawk uh, hacking dance that they do. And I they think are now called the Commanders. Uh, Washington the Washington Commanders. Team. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Chiefs do this tom- tomahawk motion as part of their mm. like thing and that's the part that people are objecting to i think but anyway right right. anyway right, right. so the chiefs by the way chiefs are are currently supported by taylor swift that's a great big yes story because she's she's going out with their star receiver and isn't there some absolutely balmy conspiracy theory yeah. about taylor swift <laughs> yeah. that yeah. even even a senior republican said is this is absolutely <laughs> insane what is being yeah, said theory, about this stuff. for the benefit of the listener the theory was that the um someone somewhere in the so-called deep state had manipulated the nfl <laughs> who are the deep state i'd like to know who they are <laughs> um had manipulated the nfl so that the chiefs got to the um super bowl because taylor swift is known to be sympathetic towards the democrats and they were trying to somehow <laughs> influence the election now she wow. hasn't even come okay. out and said she's supporting the Democrats, although I hope no. she does, but she hasn't. Anyway, she was there. The camera was on her quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the only downside to them winning, even though I was happy that they won, was the, the story of the quarterback of the other team was really amazing. Purdy, I think he's called. Um, he was. You know they have this draw system where players get picked in order. Did you know this? No. Okay, so no. To, to allocate new players to teams... Um, there's an order, and and I think I think what it is is that the team who did worst last year get to pick first to kind of try and even things out. I think that's how it works. Right. Um, but anyway, Purdy was picked last. This was like five okay. or six years ago when he was a, a rookie, uh, and they did the draw, and he was picked last. And so he got called Mister Irrelevant. That's like I think they always call the person who got picked last Mister Irrelevant. But anyway, that became that's his quite nickname. harsh. Um, and he is also quite a cooperative player he's not like a star in himself but he enables a lot of good play by all the other players on the team he's a team player though. yeah exactly and so yeah. essentially yeah. he's then getting whacked for being mr irrelevant and not being this individual star and then right. has led his team because the quarterback is like a super important position yeah absolutely um, yeah. his team won their league because that's how you get into the super bowl and then didn't win the super bowl um but you know the the kind of emotional story of this bloke who's been kind of criticized but has actually achieved greatness through this kind of humble style it would be really nice to see his team win but uh, yeah it would have been wouldn't to it? Be. yeah hopefully yeah, not the, to be hopefully the demons are expunged anyway by the success they I have i do had. have actually i do have something to say uh-huh. about something uh-huh all right um the Exorcist Believer. Right. I've seen it. Okay. Now, that's that's the relatively recent one, right? Yes. Uh-huh, yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I didn't hate it. Oh, okay. Okay. That's But good. it's not very good. <laughs> oh, okay. So, that's... 
that feels like reason to hate it then if it's if it's got the it bears no. the exorcist name but it's not very good yeah i didn't hate it Fine. But, but it's not the exorcist right. you know <laughs> it's not i mean it's not even the exorcist 3 or or legion as i like it should be known right which is a terrific film okay, and okay. a fantastic book as well really okay. it's a sequel that's the only proper sequel to the original film until this one and was comes it created along. by Friedkin the either of these films legion so legion was written by william peter blatty right who's the original the writer, writer of the exorcist, of the exorcist right? and he also directed the movie okay. adaptation of it as well okay which 90% of that film is fantastic okay until the studio said, hang on, there's no exorcism in this film. Why isn't there an exorcism? We want an exorcism. <laughs> okay. So they had to tack one on to the end of it. Anyway, that's a completely different movie. Okay, okay. The Exorcist Believer right. um, has uh, Ellen, Ellen Burstyn returns briefly Is that the, to the role the of Chris McNeil. No, she's the mum okay, from okay. the original film. Okay. She's also in a movie that we reference a lot, which is Requiem for a Dream. Right, she right, plays right, right. the pill-addicted... Right, mother. Right, right, right. In that, she's she's plays um, mothers. Yes, troubled mothers. Um, troubled mothers. Yeah. So she returns, um, and this has the added benefit of being a double possession. Okay. But there's a great deal in this film that is not. It's just not revealed or talked about. It's got a muddy. It's got a muddy narrative. Right. Um, but I didn't really hate it. I thought it was. I thought okay. it was quite competently done, but. It shouldn't have been called The Exorcist Believer. Right, right, okay, okay. They could have called it something else and just had a possession movie that right. has a bit of a twist to it. Right. However, in the final third, something happens that really caught me by surprise. Okay. That elevated the movie in my estimation, which okay. is why I said I didn't, didn't hate, hate it. it. It's just not very good. <laughs> so just just to yeah. re-emphasize, the thing that VGHS yes. has is yeah. a crystal clear narrative. Okay, but well that's good. No mud. I do like a crystal near. No mud. The other thing is, I've seen Barbenheimer. Right. And Oppenheimer is a work of genius. Okay, okay. Okay, what about Barbie? It is a work of genius. It's okay. Yeah, I thought it was... It's okay. <sighs> I thought it was okay. Like, uh, I, I think... Like, the fact that you can just turn to the camera and raise your eyebrow and it makes everything all right is getting a little tiresome. Yeah. But yeah, it was okay. So I liked... I liked a lot of what it did. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but like, I, just I came out of it think... saying, like, it said a few things that I would want to say to my teenage daughter. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's coming from a good place. I just thought at times it was a little bit unfocused yeah. and repetitive. But it's got an amazing cast. Yeah, it I looks fantastic. The cast did a good job. Yeah. It was but engaging. I thought that Oppenheimer was an absolute barnstorming right. film. Okay, I, I thought The was... like of which... I haven't seen for a long, wow, long time. Wow, you really time. liked it. Okay, I thought it was. Okay. I really, really liked it. Yeah, really liked it. I, I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was exciting, but forgettable. And I, I, right. I guess I thought it was surprisingly exciting, given its subject matter. I was watching. Well, it is basically people talking in rooms. Yeah, isn't it? I was watching an honest. I think it was an honest trailer about it, and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's the exciting cliffhanger about uh, the Senate committee. And the review board meeting for whatever. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought it, yeah. I, I found it really exciting, but not not life changing. So I'm interested to hear why you think it was so good. 
I just thought Killian Murphy was completely compelling. Right, 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 right. Yeah, fair enough. You know, an actor who up until now has played mostly supporting roles in films. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was just incredible and had, and it, it was kind of JFK, like Oliver Stone's movie JFK, in terms of, oh, there's another A list actor and another A list right, actor right. playing a supporting role. Right, right, right. And it's like, oh my, there's that guy in the background who's really well known. Pops up for like has a couple of lines, purely because it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Robert Downey Jr. was terrific. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the um, name of the person who I really liked. Um, Emily Blunt was great. I thought Florence Pugh was fantastic. Um, who was his wife? I thought she was great. That was Emily Blunt. Right. But yeah, they, I'm Long trying to suffering think of, wife. Who was the? Who was his uh, army? Oh, Matt. Matt Damon was Matt, great. Matt Damon, yeah, I thought Matt Damon was surprisingly good. I really liked their rat-a-tat exchanges that they had. Yeah. They're kind of the first time he meets him, yeah, and he says to him, "Why aren't you? Why aren't you a like a a major or yeah?" And he says, "They're giving they're giving me that for this, right?" right. So, and they have this fairly combative relationship yeah. with each other. I like I like where, the way that yeah. worked. It was combative, but they built trust over time, and yeah, it was yes, good. it was good. Really, really well played. Um, so, you know, you've got what I would consider to be hugely charismatic people playing supporting roles, mm-hmm. like, in, like in JFK. Right. But I just loved it. I thought the filmmaking was right. impeccable, you know. I mean, I, I, I continue... Great soundtrack. Right, yeah. I continue to respect Nolan for making serious movies that are somehow blockbusters. Yes. It made a lot of money... Yeah. That is essentially a film of men talking in rooms to each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what it is. A lot of men. And it's very long. A lot of men, not many women. Yeah. And Florence Pugh is a very tragic character in it. Plays his mistress who then makes a sticky end. And Emily Blunt's long-suffering wife. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Thought it was great. A couple of other things watched lately. Um... Actually, no, I want to keep my powder dry on some stuff Ooh. that I want to talk about. So so am I allowed to mention yeah. a movie that we're going to see soon? Yes. Yes, you are. Okay. Yes. So um, we've just booked tickets for June 2 yep. at the um, IMAX cinema. The biggest screen in Britain. The biggest screen in Britain. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, presumably there'll be an episode at some point after that, but we're really looking forward to going to see that. Really looking forward to that, yeah. Um, I think uh, the aforementioned Christopher Nolan has seen it. Right. And says that it is the Empire Strikes Back to right, right, right. the first movie. So it's darker, it's more, it's got more depth. I mean, that's it had a lot of depth and darkness already, so that's quite exciting. <laughs> yeah, I think it's exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just so, I just love going to the IMAX. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think when we went to the to the first one, that's before they got refitted. Okay, okay. So since then, they've had their laser projector, right, and their sound system improved. So I think it will be even brighter and louder than it was before, which <laughs> so is that, that was, fantastic. That was when we saw a trailer for Matrix Revolutions, and we thought, "Oh, that yes. might be good." And yes, and it wasn't as good as that. But it's only the we trailer only thought was that, amazing. as I've said. Because the trailer uses White Rabbit, exactly. and White Rabbit is an absolute banger. Exactly that the the song <laughs> so, that song could make anything look anything cool. better. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. such a great song. 
Yeah, they should have just. And, the movie yeah, should have just the been like that. Was fine. Yeah, they should have just played White Rabbit yeah. on repeat. <laughs> Would have been better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think TV wise. Oh yeah, we finished Big Boys on Channel Four. Okay. What's that? Which is very very good. It's about um, it's about a young lad who is gay who goes to university, but he's got a complicated home life, and he meets this very hetero um, roommate. Mm-hmm. And on all the kind of um, freaks and geeks at the uni, it's it's this fictional place called Brent University, which I think is somewhere supposed to be somewhere near Watford. Okay, it, it's really wholesome and lovely. Right. Highly recommended. There's two series of it on Channel Four. Nice, big boys. Big boys. Yeah, yeah, it's such a good, such a good thing. Great. I think it's two and done. Probably it feels like right. they finished it off right. at the end of this series. How British. Um, what else? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, we've been watching so much. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. One I want to keep for the next pod, actually. Okay. There's a show on Disney Plus that we just finished that is probably a bit of a sleeper show in terms of I doubt that many people have seen it. Right. But another another thing where you think, how have I not known about this before? I'll tell you what I watched a couple of episodes of. And I think, yeah. I think the wife... The wife came in during one and just was like, I'm never watching this. So I probably won't watch it. But um, something I think I would like to finish off or, so, or get into properly is Reservation Dogs. I like that show, but right. I haven't finished it yet. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I've only watched a couple and I haven't picked it up again. So does, does that mean it's not as good as I don't know? It is good. It's a bit of a slow burn. People who like know about TV think it's great. So I should try. I think what's great about it is it's, Mm. Let me let me phrase this carefully. It's representative, mm-hmm. but it's also decent. So it's not just a representative show. Right, yeah, yeah. It also manages to say something and be funny and entertaining. Right. Yeah. As well as being set uh, on a Native American res- reservation in the United States. Because yeah. um, that's the whole thing, is that those, these kids that it revolves around yes. live in a, in a reservation. Um, and it's produced, I think one of the showrunners is Taika Waititi, who is, uh, a New Zealand. Actually, we've talked about him before on this pod. Right. Jojo Rabbit was yeah. his. Yeah, I remember the name. Yeah. And he's in a lot of stuff as well. He's everywhere, it seems. Right. Yeah, it seemed yeah, to be I like... But I haven't finished it yet. I liked, I liked the thing that it was, um, like it, it... it it plays them as like like really rough, flawed characters right from the beginning. It's not. It's not. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of glorifying people because of their ethnic background or something no. like that. No, not at all. I mean, most of them are on the on the lamb. They're kind of um, on the. They're like trying to make some money by doing slightly dodgy things. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah. So I'm gonna hopefully I'll pick that up again. I'm trying to think what else. What have we just? I've been watching a sitcom on Netflix called Starstruck, which I think is from a terrestrial channel, and it's um, Rose Matafeo, who I believe has been on QI a couple of times. She's in New Zealand. Yeah, actor, uh, was she on Taskmaster? Yes, I think so. Yeah, really funny. Um, really funny. Um, so that's about. She plays a character who has a fling with a really famous film actor. 
and then the repercussions of that. Uh, it's okay. It's it kind of passes the time okay, sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, she's great, but the but the premise of it kind of runs out of steam after a couple of episodes. Talking of people off Taskmaster, yeah. I'm pretty sure I mentioned before the series by May Martin. Uh, oh, that's so good. What is it called? It's called I can't remember now. I'm going to Google it because I want to plug it again because I thought it yeah. was so good. Brilliant. Feel good. That's it. Feel good. Yeah, Listen, really if you good. haven't watched Feel Good, watch Feel Good. Both series are on Netflix. So it started on Channel 4 but then got dropped. Right. And Netflix picked it up and now both series are on there. Right. And uh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I think both series are also on all four, aren't they? I don't know about that. I think they no, are. Don't know. But I'm not, okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. Feel good. Watch it. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. That might be. I can't it. think of anything else at the moment because there's stuff I want to talk about in full right, well, at some point. Keeping yeah. your powder dry—that's another form of, um, like, that's the kind of thing people do on real things, on real podcasts. Oh, really? They're like real podcasts. They like me. They 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 do like hints or whatever. Ah, uh, okay, right. Do you want to do us a hint? Well, okay. I'll give you I'll give you a hint. Yeah, so the show that I want to talk about next time, although I do have quite a lot of stuff to talk about, but the show I want to talk about next time is on Disney Plus. Uh-huh. And it stars Jesse Eisenberg and Claire Danes, among others. Wow. It's a good cut, you know, it's good headliners. Right. And I I can imagine that not a lot of people have seen it because there's so much content around at the right. moment. Right. But it was utterly brilliant. Utterly brilliant. There we go. Right. That'll get you thinking, <laughs> listener. <laughs> and no looking it up. You're not allowed to go look it no, up. No, not allowed to look it up. No, I've got to wait until the next time to hear about it so I can spoil everything. Right. <laughs> I think we might be done. Are we done? Well, I think we're done, yeah. yeah. Right. Thanks a lot. See you next time. See, see you next time. Bye. Bye.